Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your cause upon Hello. His <laughs> I thought it was my turn. Ha ha ha, got you. <laughs> I'm not here right now. Leave a message at the beep and I'll get back to you soon. <laughs> It must be oh, April Fool's man. Day. Yes. Enter obligatory atheist joke. Let's move on with the podcast. <laughs> we're having a lot of fun today. <laughs> Hope that you're having a great day as we're continuing our discussion in Psalm 31. So I've got another translation here to read, this one being the Holman Christian Standard Bible. I think they just call it the Christian Standard Bible now. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, and new translation, new heading for Psalm 31. These editors have chosen a plea for protection. Here we go. For the choir director, a Davidic psalm. Lord, I seek refuge in you. Let me never be disgraced. Save me by your righteousness. Listen closely to me. Rescue me quickly. Be a rock of refuge for me, a mountain fortress to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. You lead and guide me because of your name. You will free me from the net that is secretly set before me. For you are my refuge. Into your hand I entrust my spirit. You redeem me, Lord, God of truth. I hate those who are devoted to worthless idols, but I trust in the Lord. I will rejoice and be glad in your faithful love because you have seen my affliction. You have known the troubles of my life and have not handed me over to the enemy. You have set my feet in a spacious place. Be gracious to me, Lord, because I am in distress. My eyes are worn out from angry sorrow, my whole being as well. Indeed, my life is consumed with grief and my years with groaning. My strength has failed because of my sinfulness, and my bones waste away. I am ridiculed by all my adversaries and even by my neighbors. I am an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street run from me. I am forgotten, gone from memory like a dead person, like broken pottery. I have heard the gossip of many. Terror is on every side. When they conspired against me, they plotted to take my life. But I trust in you, Lord. I say, you are my God. The course of my life is in your power. Deliver me from the power of my enemies and from my persecutors. Show your favor to your servant. Save me by your faithful love. Lord, do not let me be disgraced when I call on you. Let the wicked be disgraced. Let them be silent in Sheol. Let lying lips be quieted. They speak arrogantly against the righteous with pride and contempt. How great is your goodness that you have stored up for those who fear you and accomplished in the sight of everyone for those who take refuge in you. You hide them in the protection of your presence. You conceal them in a shelter from the schemes of men from quarrelsome tongues. May the Lord be praised for he has wonderfully shown his faithful love to me in a city under siege. In my alarm, I had said, I am cut off from your sight. But you heard the sound of my pleading when I cried to you for help. Love the Lord, all his faithful ones. The Lord protects the loyal, but fully repays the arrogant. Be strong and courageous, all you who hope in the Lord. Be strong and courageous. There it is again. Yeah. We find that in a couple times. So... I, th- there's something I want to talk about today with you, Andrew, but sure. um, 
before we get to that, something jumped out at me just as I was listening to you read. David talks about his persecutors, verse 15. Did the CSB say persecutors there in verse 15? My enemies and Certainly, my and from my persecutors, okay. verse 15. So we think about persecution. I know I have a tendency to think, well, I never go through persecution because— um, well, I think of persecution as being thrown in jail, of receiving a beatdown, of thrown to lions. Of being thrown to lions. But I do notice, uh, kind of like in First Peter, First Peter deals with persecution, and yet, rather than this active, violent kind of persecution, it seems to be about speech. Mm. And I see that here, Psalm thirty-one, eighteen: "Let the lying lips be mute, which speak mm-hmm. insolently against the righteous in pride and in contempt." And then at the end of verse twenty, you store them in your shelter from the strife of tongues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know this is dealing with the the plottings, so you, you've got some of that, so maybe there is a, a plot of violence. So back in verse 13, for I hear the whispering of many terror on every side as they scheme together against me, as they plot to take my life. So there's a threat of violence, right? but as of yet right now, we, it seems that we're dealing with this kind of verbal persecution. No, it does. Um, and that some of these things were said and said falsely. Yeah. Right. That uh, that these are lies and these are slanders. That absolutely is persecution. Right. That's where the Lord starts when he teaches us about that in the Sermon on the Mount. In uh, Matthew five, and oh, verse yeah. 10, he says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely Mm -hmm. for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Mm. You think prophets like David, maybe? Mm. Maybe David had suffered these things, and so we're reading about them in a psalm. And Jeremiah. Sure. Jeremiah, who actually seems to quote this psalm because of some of the persecutions <laughs> that were that were going on that he was dealing with and that Israel was facing. So interesting. So again, I, I don't have to have received a beat down mm. to be facing some persecution, verbal persecution. Now, here's right. the good thing. Here's the good thing. Uh, verbal persecution is is not I, I, I don't have to. It's not being thrown to lions. It's not being thrown it? to lions. Yeah. It's not being thrown to lions. I, I always want to be really careful because I do want to recognize that verbal hurt can hurt. It counts. And, it is persecution. But I, I do feel like we've gotten to this place in a culture where we act like verbal is just as bad as the physical violence. It does seem in the Bible that it's sort of beginning. The verbal is beginning, and it can get a whole lot worse. The as verbal leads the, to the violence. Yeah. I, I think about the encouragement in the book of Hebrews when he tells those Christians, you have not yet resisted unto bloodshed, Yeah, which means that there was a whole lot worse persecution in store for them. It was in a place where they were being mocked, where they were being reviled, and even discouraged because some were growing cold and apathy about things. So the thing I really wanted to talk about, and I appreciate you kind of going down that rabbit trail with me there for just a second, is the pronouns. I notice here in the Psalm... The pronouns of Psalm 31? Of 31, yeah. Okay, there's, all right. There's a shift in pronouns. So as we start off, it's in you, Lord, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. And your righteousness deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me. And it's me, me, I, I, my... Until we get to well, verse, let's see here, 19. Okay. Oh, how abundant is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you and worked for 
those who take refuge in you in the sight of the children of mankind. In the cover of your presence, you hide them them from the plots of men. You store them in your shelter from the strife of tongues. Now, in verse 21 and 22, he comes back to the me and the I. But then in verse 23, love the Lord, all you, his saints. Mm -hmm, The Lord mm -hmm. preserves the faithful. But abundantly repay is the one who acts in pride. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you, excuse me, all you who wait for the Lord. Okay. And so we move from a me, me, I, I to they, they, the third person, like and the then saints. and then to you, mm-hmm. the people that are reading this now. So mm-hmm. and. and Here's what I'm getting from that. I don't think that that's just an, an odd flair. I don't think that's just some kind of poetic quality. I think that what David is highlighting is I've given you me. I'm in this psalm. I have now memorialized something that I have been through. Okay. And now I'm handing it over to you, my audience. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, before he just gets to you, it's like, okay, I'm going to talk about me. Then I'm going to talk about all those okay. who are faithful, which then leads me to conclude with now you, you be one of the faithful. And, and you all yeah. who are reading this, be one of the faithful. Why? David as the king, the anointed. He is the epitome. He is the example. He is the head of the people of God and Mm -hmm. the representative of Mm -hmm. the people of God. And so what he's saying is, look, the way God deals with the anointed, the way God deals with the head, with the representative of the people is actually how he deals with all his people. So this thing that I've been through Mm -hmm. and the way God has dealt with me, you can take comfort seeing how it's happened in me and for me and with me. When the same thing is happening to you and to all who read the psalm. So me is not just me. Me sets forth us. Us. Yes. Yeah. It's me, from me it's to us. all the people. Yes. And because he is the head, he is the representative, we can yeah. see if this is the way it happens with our king, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be surprised when it happens this way with me. So wait a second. You're saying that if it happens for the master, then the, the servants of the master could expect the same? It wouldn't be different for the servants of a master? Um, Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Now that's something I have read somewhere else in the Bible. <laughs> hmm. hmm. That's hmm. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Who said that? Go ahead and hmm. let's let's just draw well, that out. Again, I was I was I was thinking about Jesus and I was thinking about how the Lord encouraged his disciples. And it is encouragement. Mm-hmm. But again, in a context of of suffering and of persecution, if they have treated the Lord this way, a servant is not above his master. If they Mm. treat the master this way, they're going to treat the servants this way. In fact, a disciple, when completely trained, becomes like like the teacher. So in this way, do we see some of the type and the fulfillment between David and between Jesus? So I think that's exactly where we need to go with this. Okay. Especially since Jesus quotes this. Yes, he does. And, uh, you know, we often joke about Friday always being Good Friday because normally it's Friday when we see Jesus in the psalm. But since he quotes this, when we've seen him all week long as we keep referencing him quoting this, he quotes this because on the cross, this psalm mirrors where he is. Yeah. And he uses it as a teaching opportunity so that Mm -hmm. everybody who is listening, wait, hold on here. He he just quoted David right there. Mm-hmm. Into your hand I commit my spirit. I, I, I need to figure out what's going on on this. What, why is he quoting David? Oh, wait, David went through some really hard times. David had people plotting against his life. David, But in the end, David was the victorious king. Hmm. 
So even as you said that, I just it sparked a thought for me that I just hadn't really contemplated before. The difference in Jesus being crucified and the thieves around him are typical executions. Mm. I mean, how many murderers and rabble-rousers and thieves are up there quoting Scripture uh, in the midst of their anguish and death? I mean, th- yeah. this has, has to be just an incredibly unique thing for those around the cross that even this fellow dies differently from everybody else. I just have to tell you that, okay, I, I don't like, want to I don't get far afield well, from Well, we might 31. be far afield, but, but I mean, it just, just hit me like that for him to be quoting scripture while he's dying on the cross. I'm working with a brother right now to get ready to teach the gospel of Mark. Okay. And as we were reading through Mark, it hit me for the very first time that, you know, Jesus dies on the cross, and what does the centurion at the foot of the cross say? Yeah, truly, this is the son of God, mm-hmm. and 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 you know we can get into well a son of they the gods a son of a god you know p- people can argue about all of that, but for a Roman centurion at the foot of the cross mm-hmm. to be the one who confesses how Mark begins you know the right. whole, the beginning of the Gospel of Mark is in the beginning of the Gospel yep. of Jesus the Christ the son, son of, of God, god. Yeah. and you have this thing as you go through Mark where about halfway through the disciples call him the Christ. Mm-hmm. And other than some unclean spirits calling him the son of God, nobody else calls him that until we get to that centurion. Mm -hmm. It didn't happen, though, after he was resurrected. No. It happened after he died. he died. Something about the way he died Mm -hmm. prompted this Roman, this pagan, to say, okay, there there was something different about that. Mm There was something different about that. And and Mark, as he's telling his story, doesn't include some of the things like Matthew includes. You know, I can understand right. if we include some of those some the of those events where yeah. we're like, oh, now I understand why he's saying that. But Mark, Mark doesn't include that. He wants us to recognize that Jesus died differently than every other person this Roman centurion had seen die. Mm-hmm. And watching how he died mm-hmm. caused him to say. This is this, this is, is someone different. This yeah. is this is something different. Yeah. Into your hands I commit my spirit, Jesus says on the cross. He's quoting scripture. And the thing that I need to grasp from that, he is the head, he is my king, he is the anointed, and a disciple is not above his master, which means I may end up dying on a cross. But what's more important is that on the third day he was resurrected. Yeah. And I can recognize, though the Lord takes me to a cross, I know on the other side of that is the same thing my king got. And that is resurrection. So powerful. What are you learning from this psalm? Send us an email. Let us know. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. We're going to wrap it up with a word of prayer. Everyone, why don't you lead us in prayer today? Holy God. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for being our rock, our refuge, our fortress. Thank you for demonstrating how you deal with all of your faithful people by showing David, but especially by showing the son of David, the son of man, the son of God, Jesus the Christ, who is our king, who is our Messiah, who is the anointed, who is the head, the representative of all your people, who went to the cross on our behalf and was resurrected to give us the hope of resurrection and being with you forever in your eternal kingdom. And we look forward to that, Lord. Hold our hands and walk us there. Through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. 
You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.